looking back at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post, a special edition of Pass the Post. It's Sunday, November the 1st, and, of course, we're looking back at Victoria Derby Day and Golden Eagle Day yesterday, two great days of racing. But in the second half of the program, of course, it's all about the Melbourne Cup, which is now only a matter of days away. Tuesday, race number seven on the card, 2 o'clock Queensland time. And in the second half of Pass the Post, we'll have an in-depth look at every runner, see what's happening with the market with Jared Daffy, and my colleague Nathan Exelby and I will be trying to steer you in the right direction. We've got plenty to steer through, 24 runners. Yes, looking forward to that, David, and um, looking forward to reviewing yesterday. A derby day with a difference, wasn't it? It was a derby day with a difference. Uh, we can't see the crowds from when we're watching on television, but the racing was still extremely high standard. Let's get right into it. Let's go straight to the big one. The Amy Victoria derby at Group 1 level. The favourite was Young Verta. They thunder around the turn in the derby. It's Ken Zan with Let's Carack a Deal. Young Verda presenting, born to succeed behind those. Johnny Get Angry's tanking up as well. And behind those horses was Saka, El Barado, Wertheimer and Seshwayo. Young Verta at the 300 metres takes Let's Carack a Deal. Johnny Get Angry the outside. It's Young Verta and Johnny Get Angry stride for stride. Then Let's Carack a Deal and Cherry Tortoni from the back. Johnny Get Angry, 100 metres to go and Young Verta... Johnny Get Angry is pulling clear, hit the shot late, but Johnny Get Angry for an outstanding sporting double for Dennis Pagan. Won it by a length, second hit the shot from Young Verta, and they were followed by Let's Carack a Deal, Token Spirit, Cherry Tour Tony. Next in the field, Seshwayo, and then came Ken Zan El Barado. Well back in the field then was Saka, Tour of Duty, Wertheimer, Redwood Shadow, Cherry Tour Tony pulls up quickly and born to succeed. At the tail of the field. Yes, Johnny Get Angry was a $21 chance. They bet 26, ran at 21. And he was the strongest of the three-year-olds at the end of the, the 2,500 metres. I want to bring in a point here just before we discuss this race. And you actually commented on this morning in your column in the Sunday Mail about the, the derby. And it is one of those annual arguments, isn't it, that should it be 2,500, should it be 2,000? You're in the staying at 2,500 um, uh, camp, and I agree totally with you. Very much so. I just, you know, do we just concede everything to the that we don't breed enough stayers in Australia and, and switch it around? I, I just think that's the wrong way to go. It's a brilliant spectacle. It's, and, it, you know, we've seen a 2,000-metre race in Spring Champion and Norman Robinson and an Amy Vars. Well, what's the point of having another one? So yeah, going to 2,500 metres just adds an extra dimension. It's a fascinating watch and throws up a great story most years, which it did yesterday. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a special achievement to be able to win at that distance of 2,500 metres. And here was a classic case. He was the best stayer of the day. I think hit the shot showed that he is going to be a very, very, very good stayer. And young Verda, probably lack of match practice, mm. beat him. He was given a, a peach of a ride, a yeah. perfect ride. Uh, he capitalised on it. He took the front. He was brave, but he just knocked up that last 100 metres Still or so. a terrific training performance to get him to run third in a derby at start number three. Having missed that run last week, he, he was able to pull it off a similar feat with Russian Caravan earlier in the year in South Australia and just missed. But clearly he's a horse of the future as well. Interestingly, Johnny Get Angry was having his seventh start. He was one of the more experienced horses in the race <laughs> and, and one of several maidens as well. But as, as Matt alluded to in the call... And uh, a great point to make in that broadcast, a great sporting double with Dennis Pagan. 
it has to rank up with some of the one of the the great sporting achievements to be a dual premiership winning coach and then uh, a quarter of a century later, <laughs> train a derby winner. I didn't want to skite here about, you know, I didn't want to talk about Dennis Pagan. I'll leave that to you. Can you give us some, some of our <laughs> listeners out there who know nothing about Dennis Pagan, can you tell us a bit of background to I, him? Well, I probably don't know too much more than you, other what than... What you've just told me. He, he trained North Melbourne Kangaroos to win the 1996 and 1999 uh, AFL premierships and is a revered uh, figure in, in AFL circles in Victoria. What influenced him to go down the line of training thoroughbreds? Well, clearly it's a um, a passion and that seventy plus years of age to go and take take out your license and then a few months later win a derby. So I see Troy Corsten's picked this horse out in New Zealand and um, yeah, he was right next to him when the horse won. And for, for Troy Corsten's to say yesterday that's the best moment I've ever had in racing, a bloke who's seen his his dad win derbies himself with Hellenus and the, the, the ride they had with Star Spangled Banner, it shows what a, a special moment it was. Mm. It appeared that uh, they ev- all had every chance. Yeah, as you say, the the, the best day of one and... You know, Lockie King's a great story as well, and amazing shows the longevity in racing. It was 29 years ago that Lockie King's dad, Stephen King, won the Victoria Derby on Star of the Realm, beating Damien Oliver on naturalism, and there was Stephen King's son beating Damien Oliver there in the same race yesterday. So there it was, the Victoria Derby at Group 1 level. Let's continue our look through the Group 1s at Flemington on Derby Day. We'll go to the Coolmore now, and the favourite here was September Run. She went off at $4.00 the 300. It's Anders collared now by Wild Ruler in the middle. Wild Ruler swats that and here's September Run letting down with Mudasira. September Run moves up and takes the lead at the clock tower. Followed by swats that and they were followed by Wild Ruler. September Run driven out and the filly is going to do it again down the straight. September Run wins. Photo second swats that or Wild Ruler followed by Doubtland. Then Mudasira, our playboy Mar Marigan. Further back ranting extra time and Glenn Fiddick flying award never won Farn and well back Hollyfield and towards the end was Anders who went fast early. We can pinch a bit of this because of course we saw her in the, the latter part of the autumn. She won the, the Bill Carter, that two-year-old Phillies listed feature. Went for a break and this time in, apart from uh, a first up unplaced run in the Silver Shadow, it's been bang, bang, bang all down the straight of Flemington. She, she flies there. She certainly loves the straight and you know, she was well held at the first run in Sydney. Chris Willis switched it up and she's just gone from strength to strength. I think when she won here in the the winter, David, we probably wouldn't have been thinking of her as a Coolmore stud stakes winner. We're probably more thinking the, the Rothfires and the like, but um, she has just stepped up the ladder and, of course, Wild Ruler, the third place getter, was here through the, the winter as well, running in the, the size and the JJ. I was, we were talking to Mark Hunter on, on radio yesterday morning on Select Racing with our previews and... I was interested in his comments. We didn't have time to talk about them, but trying to judge straight track racing or trying to analyse straight track racing, and and, uh, I didn't ask him particularly. He brought it up himself uh, uh, that his, you know, ideal situation is to for a horse to follow a speed horse, get right in the lane of a speed horse and just follow, 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 then peel off. It's interesting, isn't it, because... You're probably a bit too young for this, but you would, would, you. would you would remember. But back in the the heyday of big fields down the straight, they'd run you know twenty four over twelve hundred or eleven hundred or a thousand. And traditionally, I'd say more times than not, they divided into two mm. sides, as they'd call it, the flat side, which yep. was on the running rail, and the grandstand side, which was was down the outside. And some may come up the middle. In recent years, in recent times, that 
a phenomenon seems to have not disappeared, but but largely doesn't happen now. They all seem to come in one cluster, yeah, one they, way or the other. They work out which um, which side's the better. That's that's for sure. The other feature of straight track racing in modern day racing, Dave, is they tend to not go as hard as they they used mm. to. They sort of pull up a bit. But that was running pretty even splits that race yesterday, and uh, you know a few of them probably over the top by that stage. Far and obviously not right. Uh, Anders. Jury's out 1,200 metres, obviously, he's much better than that. And the Phillies uh, rose to the top. Mm. I don't like saying this. I, I, I don't <laughs> think it'll be a vintage curl ball. No, probably not. But, I mean, having said that, it's a race that carries so much hype with it. Mm. And quite frankly, a lot of the winners don't go on. But she's, I think she's a filly that's still got more upside. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen her almost exclusively this campaign... On the, at the straight uh, at Flemington, but uh, the turn of speed she's got. I know we're seeing this on a straight line, but you know, just smothered away in a you know a good class Group One race, uh, she's got a great turn of foot, hasn't she? Dynamic turn of foot. Yeah, she certainly does. That was the Coolmore. Let's continue on. We'll go to the um, the Cantala. This is the handicap mile capacity field, and of course, always a wide betting race. Buffalo River with Age of Chivalry moving up on the outside now. Age of Chivalry up to Buffalo River. Now Streets of Avalon, Chief Ironside, Olmedo and Yalong Prince down the outside and from the back, Cascadian. Age of Chivalry in front. 100 to go, getting tired. Yalong Prince, Cascadian, 50 stars are sweeping home. Yalong Prince takes the lead. Cascadian diving. Yalong Prince beat Cascadian Rock, Age of Chivalry. Followed by 50 stars. Next, Olmedo nonconformist. I am Superman from Streets of Avalon. Then Best of days. Further back in the field, Wild Planet Buffalo River. It was a brutal test. Then came Mr. Quickie King's legacy. Well back in the field was the Velvet King and at the tail at least one of the last Chief Ironside. Matt made a good point in the run on there. It was a brutal test and it was. Buffalo River went out hard, ran it at a strong gallop, sub 59, the first thousand. So uh, it was uh, those that were not last man standing but the strong finishers came to the fore and Yulong Prince was there, Damien Lane running for Chris Waller, a $10 chance. Third up into the race after good runs in the Chelmsford and the Epsom. Yeah, the Epsom form really stood up in two states there yesterday. Rock, who ran third in that race, um, came through the Epsom as well. So, um, again, probably really well placed in that race, just a, a slightly rung below what the Epsom was. And um, beat uh, Cascadian. Those of us who followed Cascadian over the years were left to... Heartbroken again, David. He, he just teases us, but he's run a placing in that race now for two consecutive years. Certainly was. Let's go to the last of the Group 1s. Well, it was the first on the day yesterday, but the last we're going to have a listen to. And this is the, the Empire Rose for the Phillies and Mares. Chicka for Werte at the 400 metres and Forbidden Love together. Then Shout the Bar, Felicia needs room. Down the outside, Pretty Brazen. And Shayu is launching as well from Mystic Journey. Forbidden Love at the 200 metres. Shayu, Odium lifting the middle. And they were followed by Missile Mantra. And Shout the Bar, it's Odium. Shout the Bar coming at Forbidden Love. Terrific go, Shout the Bar. Lifts and may have just won, but it's a photo. Shout the Bar, Odium possibly from Forbidden Love. Then we have Shayu prominent, not far away behind the Masiago Mystic Journey and Vanna Girl from Missile Mantra. Next in the field, Felicia Pretty Brazen. Check her for word, a she shall fly. And Natoya, it's a photo finish. I was mentioning to my colleague Jared Wessel yesterday that uh, that's when Lady Luck is riding on your side when you're broadcasting, when those things happen. When they showed the, the uh, official shot, 
it was the barest possible margin. And, and, yeah. and I must admit, looking at one of the other freeze-frame shots or one of the several shots, I thought the outside might have won. So it was a... Uh, not a deceptive finish, but a horribly or hellishly close finish. It was a lot closer. Look, across the line, it looked to me that showed the barred one clearly. Then they showed that close-up, mm. and you thought, oh, Odium's right there. So, Did you have any interest in the photo finish there? Something, yes. Yes. <laughs> you were on the winner, weren't you? Um, yeah, it was something. But, um, <laughs> I don't need to be shy about it. <laughs> uh, Odium was a terrific run. She's done a magnificent job, this filly, mm. in, in her first preparation. She's um, obviously very good, and yeah, that race, certainly less of a stamina test than what the Cantala was later in the day. They went a lot steadier. Well, enlighten me. Why did you like Shout the Bar? Well, she was a Group 1 winner already. Uh, she was pretty good first up without a lot of luck. Last time was just a complete forgive. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say I was bullish about it, but I just thought maybe she was a touch over the odds. Yeah, she went off at uh, at $31 and just beating Odium and Forbidden Love. We were looking back at these Group 1s, um, Wallop with September Run, Yulong Prince and Fiesta. Another one of yours. Yeah, well, I certainly Fiesta. can't claim her yesterday. And she was heavily, heavily backed Fiesta. And she's found her mojo. She she was good at the Gold Coast up here and then sort of lost away a little bit. But um, in form now. Yeah, exactly right. Um, uh, she's one of those mares. Uh, wouldn't it be great to own a mare? Cool. They, they, they don't win all the time because they can't because mm. they're in the top company. But they're the sort of mare that's capable of going to any carnival and they can pick up one along the way, and if yeah. they do, it pays for the whole year. Yeah, well, <clears throat> she's won one and a half million, and Denise Martin seems to always have a, a good money spinner like that in, in her team. And uh, for our South Australian listeners this morning, Kemal Parser came up trumps uh, back-to-back in the, the the straight six race, controlled in front and uh, too good for them. Yeah, South Aussie form was uh, really to the fore there early on with the, the wakeful as, as well with uh, Victoria Key at... Um, Kemal Parser, he's, uh, it was his first win since last year, but he came in with really good form. His last start was excellent. Just touching off on, on Derby Day, uh, the good part about these days, uh, they are grand final days, but a lot comes out of these races from a view to the future, whether it be the autumn or, or the spring next year. There's a, a lot of talent on display yesterday, and I think we saw that in spades, really. Yeah, it's just, I don't know whether you sit, David, but for mine, it's the best day of racing for the years. It's been regarded like that for a long time. Other things have changed, but for mine, it still is. Well, it's probably a greater day of racing now because uh, partnering the, the Derby Day is the Golden Eagle. We have the second running of the 7.5 million Golden Eagle at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. Unfortunately, the weather gods played against uh, the ATC. We had a heavy nine track, but they went to the post. Wide betting, magnificent betting race. Let's have a listen to the replay. Sierra Sue takes an inside run. Sierra Sue to join Riadini. Dawn Passage gets going the outside. Then came Funstar between them. Bottega trying to pick up from Flit Ice Bath. Brandon Bergen, Colette right down the outside. Sierra Sue on the rails. Down the middle of the track is Dawn Passage. And here comes Colette. Colette is winding up with a big run. Ice Bath going through the middle. Ice Bath and Colette. Ice Bath, Colette. They hit the line and Colette wide out. Colette, I'd say, has just won the Golden Eagle from Ice Bath and a great finish. Dawn Passage third, then came All Saint Eve, followed up by Creadera, Sierra Sue, Emeralds, Bottega. Then came Flett, further back to uh, Superstorm from Subpoenaed, Brandenburg reloaded, Dawn Passage ahead of those. Uh, followed by Windstorm, Just Thinking and Fun Star. It's a photo finish.
Yes, it was a photo finish and they were fairly wide apart, but the judge found in favour of Colette. This was an extremely canny training plan by James Cummings to come back in distance from the mile of the Epsom to the 1500 of the Golden Eagle. And uh, we saw her typical brilliant finishing burst and uh, a career highlight, a career milestone for jockey Kobe Jennings. And from Godolphin's perspective, another big race win, but this is a real big one, 7.5 million. Vin Cox is joining us this morning on Past the Post. Vin, congratulations. Thank you, David. Yeah, it was a great thrill for the team. And uh, as you suggest, a, a wonderful check on the day. So, no, it was a, a really, really good, fun result. Did you think you'd won? Um, well, I was at Flemington. So um, uh, I did, um, but I had the, 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 with the, the screen so, um, and uh, the fellow board members on the Victorian Racing Club went with me as well. So um, it was quite surreal being down there, but, uh, but yeah, I did at the time. Vin, with an Oaks winner, the natural assumption is you just go to the, the Cups in the spring, but you guys were always pretty lukewarm about that with this mayor. When did sort of the, the decision get made, why don't we target the Golden Eagle? Look, it was always loosely in the back of our mind. Being a four-year-old race, she's there. You know, as as James said, anyone with a pencil in their hand could tell you it was too short for her. But the weather went our way, mm. and that was that was what really was the sort of a dictating factor, if you like. Um, she is a well-known wet tracker. She does have a turn of foot clearly, and with the with the rain and the turn of foot, um, as I say, it went our way. But um, you know, on Monday, last Monday, we have a racing meeting, um, deciding where we're going to go with various horses and what we do, and you know, post mortems of the Saturday before and or the week before, um, and we, the Colette was talked about. And I have to say, I, I wanted to bring it to Melbourne to, to run in the Empire Rose, but I got outvoted. So uh, um, it shows the system works and um, it's a big payday as a result. Uh, obviously, great day for Godolphin, James and everyone associated with, with the team, Vin. But the big story out of this race is, is Kobe Jennings and getting an opportunity in a race like this. Tell us how that came about. Well, he's a jockey we sort of use a bit, admittedly, mainly provincially. Um, and again, we were looking through the jockeys that were available uh, the week before. Um, we, we sort of knew from a reasonable way out that we, we had three potential horses there. Um, so just went looking for who was available and um, the key jockeys that were in Sydney had already been booked and um, we, we had already had Rachel in the back of our mind, Rachel King, and, and we had her on flip given that she'd won the week before and um, Kobe Jennings and uh, Keegan Latham, who we use a fair bit, were, were, were sitting on the sideline, so we, we picked them up and um, Kobe was fortunate enough to be put on Colette. Vin, I think you, you've touched on this with Nathan, but I think it's worth drilling down a bit further. It shows the, the you know, intelligence factor of Godolphin and James Cummings to be able to look at a horse who you know has options and, and be able to sort of, you know, not get too set into plans and say, well, this is it, this is going to be it, but to, to you know, have those meetings and and consider alternatives, it's it's very important to do, particularly when you've got a lot of talent at your disposal. 
Indeed, and it's a, it is a big team, David. Um, that everyone has their has their say. Um, that 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 has its problems, obviously. But but we work well together. Um, we put our ideas forward and argue them. And once we make a decision, we move on. We don't 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 go back on them um, and don't uh, criticise if if we didn't get it right. And we do get it right wrong a, a lot of times. Um, but but it, it's a system that works. Um, a number of people have their input and um, at the end of the day we make that decision and get on with it. And, um, we do enjoy it. Extending from that, she's now won 5 of 11. We saw her win the Oaks during the autumn and now the Golden Eagle. So, you know, what what is Colette? What What is she going to be? Is she going to be a miler? Is she going to be a 10 furlong horse? Is she going to be a 2400 metre horse? What, what's your thought uh, post Golden Eagle? Oh, look, I think I think she's. We always had in the back of our mind. Well, our plan was to have that soft spring, mm. um, and not you know, exposure in races like the Caulfield Cups and Melbourne Cups at this stage, and look towards the autumn uh, for those better quality races next year, which you know, like the Tancred and potentially the Queen Elizabeth or the Sydney Cup. So. Uh, we do see her as a mile and a quarter plus horse. That's a racing profile. Um, so, yeah, that, uh, that'll be the path we head on because that was what we wanted to do right from the outset. I've been no Godolphin presence in the Melbourne Cup this year, but y- yourself, you're now on the board of the VRC. Talk us through um, the club's perspective of, of how this week's playing out. Obviously, a Melbourne Cup week with a difference. Just to correct you slightly there, Nathan, we do have a Villiers in the Cup. We don't have a European. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, look, from a from a VRC perspective, it's uh, it's it's not ideal not being able to have a, have crowds. Uh, but we're very thankful that that we can have racing, and um, it's 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 been you know, the racing has been quite spectacular and a wonderful result in the Derby yesterday. Um, so uh, from that regard, it's it's a it's a different feel, and we're very much heavily reliant on on our media partners, whether it's Channel 10 or uh, Racing.com, Sky Channel, and and our own media you know our own uh, platforms on on uh, in cyberspace. So um, it's a, a lot of work had gone into various um, computations as to how many, you know, whether we could have a full crowd, half crowd, very small crowd to no crowd. Um, And the team at the VRC worked worked very, very hard and it's disappointing for them um, that they haven't been able to deliver on on a lot of it. So, um, but we've got racing and we're we're, we're putting it out there and again, hopefully getting a lot of people engaged in racing through different avenues. All right, well, I'd better go and have something on Avilius after that oversight. So, um, but, uh, but I mean, good luck to the club with the, the way the week plays out. We're off to a, a fantastic start. And I, I've, you know, my personal opinion is this is the best Melbourne Cup we've seen in a long time on Tuesday and really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's a deep field. I mean, what is it, seven or eight, eight to one the field, um, which we haven't seen for a long time and some high-class performers, you know, Epsom Derby winners and, uh, and the like. You know, you, you, the depth to the field is, is quite extraordinary. So... Um, let, yeah, here's to a, 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 a fantastic Melbourne Cup day that, that Australia can enjoy. Thanks, Vin. Thanks for your time this morning. And once again, congratulations. No worries. Thanks, lads. Good to chat. Vin Cox joining us this morning after Colette's victory in the Golden Eagle. Let's go to the other feature yesterday, the sprint feature, the Yes, Yes, Yes. 
but they straighten up. Manapiece just in front. Aubrey on her take the inside run at one of the outside. They're three clear from Guitra, who's starting to knuckle down to the task now. It's Aubrey on her taking the lead. Aubrey on her two lengths clear. Guitra's running home powerfully. Aubrey on her two in front. Guitra's cutting back the margin. It's Aubrey on her. Guitra, it's going to get desperate and Guitra went home best. Guitra nailed Aubrey on her to win it. In third position, I think, imaging just in front of Eduardo. Then Man of Peace, Mr. Seawolf, Star of the Seas. A gap back to Deprive and Prime Candidate in the South Aussie's done it. And a big payday for the uh, the owners, the connections and the Gordon Richards table. Guitra getting that uh, big three-quarter of a million dollar bonus because he'd been an Everest competitor and he stayed on and he won the yes, yes, yes. And uh, as we were talking about yesterday on radio, uh, two probably legitimate queries going to the race, handling that heavy track and 1,300 metres, flying colours on both counts. Yeah, what a terrific horse he's been this whole calendar year. And... Um, yeah, well done to Gordon Richards and the team too. They could have come back to Melbourne to, to run in the Sprint Classic next week, but they rolled the dice at the extra trip and on the wet track and came up trumps. Quick mention on Dooman. We had to navigate a stormy day yesterday, but got through the, the whole meeting in the Horovian. Uh, brave, courageous, that's what we expect of him, and he, he dug deep to just win. Yeah, and great to see Steve Massingham there and what it means to him too that this horse that... Um, uh, he just keeps winning, so they're not sure where they go next with him, but wherever they go, David, he puts in, doesn't he? He certainly does, uh, and it was part of uh, a very good day for Brad Stewart, a uh, riding treble there. Apart Let from his suspension uh, later in the day. after. Yes, on, on scene too many. Let's take a break and get ready, and because we're going to run through the Melbourne Cup field from uh, 1 to 24, all of the market news, all of the assessments. Hopefully we can find you the winner. It's coming up next here on Pass the Post. Celebrating the race that stops a nation. Radio Tab. Countdown to the Cup. Stand by. The last few are getting set. Great quiet starting to settle over Flemington. The stalls are locked. The field is set. They're ready. And they're racing in the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. Here's McIvy Diva. A nation roars for a hero. You can beat the world. It's an Irish victory. Vintage Crap has taken the Melbourne Cup. It's going to be close here. Kiwi's going to beat them all with a mighty run. Kiwi swaps them on the line. Fiorente just in front of Red Cado, who's coming back. Oliver's lifting him. And Fiorente won the Melbourne Cup again.
Lots of heads out. It's history at Flemington. Michelle Payne. Van der Hum is holding Golden Black at bay. And Van der Hum is going to win the cup. McCoy Diva clear with 100 metres to go. Excellent runs to second. But a champion becomes a legend. Seriously hot spring racing. Cup day on Radio Tab. And thanks for joining us across Australia for this special edition of Past the Post as we now dissect the Melbourne Cup, the Lexus Melbourne Cup, to be run at 2pm Queensland time on Tuesday. $7.75 million prize money, purse, 24 runners, as is the, always the case. And uh, at this point of the program, Jared Daffy from TAB headquarters joins us. Jared, good morning. Good morning, David and Nathan. What a wonderful package that was. A- absolutely outstanding. So many memories. Yeah, outstanding. And really, it, it doesn't need any commentary whatsoever after it because it just is what it is. Um, um, an outstanding uh, collection of uh, Melbourne Cup uh, replays, memories, and some wonderful broadcasts as well. Jared, just before we go into it, uh, Nathan and I have been talking about this uh, off air and on air. The Cup this year, I think it's a, it's a, a real a real gift for punters because for a number of reasons the form is so well exposed we've got three new ones three newbies but by and large we know most of the horses we've seen most of the horses and most of the horses boast good form and all Australian jockeys so I think there are some key points where punters you know they always do rally to the Melbourne Cup but this year they might rally even a bit harder it's a good point you make, David. I was actually commenting to a, a friend last night that normally we've got six or seven horses uh, beyond $101, and realistically, um, yeah, that's probably under the odds. But having said that, uh, Prince of Penzance won as a bolter. Uh, we know that. But they've all got some sort of form line, irrespective of the price. And really, the only one we don't know is Tiger Moth. Um, you know, he's only had, what, the four starts. But we've seen... Most of the others, uh, and you know, to be brutally honest, in this day and age, even the ones we haven't seen, like Tiger Moth, there's so much coverage of them uh, given to them in the lead-up now. It's, there's really no excuse for not knowing um, how these horses perform or perhaps what the form line is. But I, I agree with what you say. With the fact that we have seen most of them, and a lot of them are in good form, it, it only augurs well for a terrific betting race come Tuesday. And I suppose it's a, a tick for the traditionalists that some of the good form, a lot of the good form, is coming out of the traditionally what were great races, Caulfield Cups and Cox Plates. That's right. And, uh, you know, the, the Caulfield Cup, historically, as you know, uh, down through the years, was well, that was the race that everybody ran in that. And then uh, you'd, you'd have your run or two in between then and Melbourne and, and away we go but you know the times have changed uh but but it is interesting that the horses the, the probably two of the better back runners were beaten in that Caulfield Cup Anthony Van Dyke and Prince of Aaron who who we have seen uh Prince of Aaron before and Sir Dragon just the story around him and, and the way that Glenn Boss spoke about him after the Cox Plate you know that just generated a huge wave of support for him as well so yeah, it's good to see those lead-up races back as as major lead-up races. Let's make a start, and the best place to start is with number one, and that is Anthony Van Dyke. Hugh Bowman riding for Aidan O'Brien. Drawn barrier three, 58.5, the top weight, and coming off, we've just been discussing, the Caulfield Cup second, 
behind very elegant. What's the market doing with him? He is the standalone favourite this morning, David. He was one of three $8 equal favourites post-barrier draw last night. The other two have eased out that we'll get to in a couple of minutes' time. But $8, and as I said, after he ran in the Caulfield Cup, there was an avalanche of support for him, and uh, we know him, Bowman on board. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be displaced as favourite. He's going to be very, very popular come Tuesday. Well, one thing we know about him, Nathan, is that, that, that he's class. If you saw that win over Stradivarius, um, that just stamped class. And I think and I think he can make a case on his CV. He's the best horse in the race. Never been past 2,400 metres, and he does have to carry 58 and a half. I think in modern times, the last horse to carry a weight like that was, was think big, 1975 with, with 58 kilos. I've got him not as a winning chance in this race, but as a very strong what I'm going to describe as we go through these is a very strong place chart, so I'm saying he should be on the second line. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, one winner from 28 starters in the Cup since metrics um, with 58 and a half kilos or more. Um, I find these horses run well in the Caulfield Cup, David, with the big weights. It doesn't seem to be such a hindrance there, but they get to Flemington and it's a much more difficult task. So I've uh, got him certainly in the top four hopes, but I just from that's a negative for me, the weight. I just... It, just historically, it's such a huge task. But that said, haven't had too many English Derby winners running Melbourne Cup either, so he just creates so much interest and he ran so well in the Caulfield Cup. Yeah, he'll have a lot of admirers and the market is telling us that as well at $8. Number two is Avilius, a Godolphin sole runner, John Allen riding for James Cummings. And uh, what price is he, Jared? Well, he's been a little mover inwards overnight. Uh, 41 last night into 34 this morning. Uh, heard a couple of interviews already with James Cummings and uh, you know he pointed out he was unlucky at his last start and thought that uh, he had a realistic hope. So got to respect those sort of comments and that's probably why there's been interest currently $34. Nathan, you'd love to brush up quickly here. You didn't think he was in the race, <laughs> but now that you know he's there and number two saddlecloth, what do you think? He's running the Caulfield Cup was um, was okay. He was knocked out of this race two years ago, but um, no, I think his time's passing with 57. It's a big ask. Yeah, he raced it in 2018. He didn't have much luck there, of course. Maybe no. he was put out of play early in the race, but I've got a feeling with Avilius, I think that the form backs it up, that he is better when there's given the track, and I don't think that's going to be the case. So I'd have to put a no against him in terms of running in the top four. Let's have a look at last year's Cup winner, Vow and Declare. Jamie Mott riding for Danny O'Brien and comes up with a good barrier, barrier four, but was well down the line in the Caulfield Cup, Jared. He was, and surprising that a previous winner isn't attracting any support at all. 34 out to 41 overnight. Yeah, Vow and Declare, well, we know that he can run the distance out and uh, he does peak when he gets into this range. We've seen him at 3,000 metres as well as 3,200 metres, but... I can't get that Caulfield Cup run out of my mind. Um, yeah, I think it's a fair comment to make that he's not of the same form as last year. And for that reason, I think he'd have to improve sharply to, to feature on the top line. Yeah. The only thing about this is he doesn't go a yard on wet ground, which is what he got in the Caulfield Cup. So he wasn't comfortable there at all. I think he'll run better on Tuesday, but no, he's not a winning chance for mine. Noticing two blinkers first time on Vow and Declare. Interesting move in a, in a Melbourne Cup. Bit, yeah. Master of Reality. Um, Joseph O'Brien, Ben Mellum takes the ride. And, of course, we saw this horse last year. But what's the market doing with him, Jared? $26. Hasn't moved one way or the other. So uh, no, no real support at the moment. You're a second across the line. And the, the race last year relegated to fourth. Um, 
I think it's a stronger cup this year, and whether or not he's going as well this year, I'm not sure. I know he comes off a last start win, but Twilight Payment has had the wood on him in, in 2020. So, uh, given us a stronger cup this year, David, I'm um, not with him. Yeah, his run was good last year, of course. He gave a hell of a lot of cheek, and he was only demoted to fourth on protest. But I think you make a good point. I think Twilight Payment is going better than him, at least from the two times I've seen them this year. And... Um, Eight-year-olds. Well, the last. Who was the last horse? To, uh, who was the last eight-year-old no, in the Melbourne Cup? Question without notice. No. Uh, Catalogue, nineteen thirty-eight. Very good. <laughs> That's master of reality. I'm. I'm saying, uh, for him, no. Sir Dragonay. Well, here's a great form line. Uh, the the Cox Play winner, Glenn Boss, rides again for Kieran Maher and David Eustace, and I imagine Jared. He's right in the market. Just on Master of Reality, David, I see he's got synthetic hoof filler for the first time. I know a lot of the experts don't like those uh, that type of uh, gear change either. Yeah. Sir Dragon Able, he zoomed right into contention after he won the Cox Plate. I know that uh, on Monday of this week there was a $7,000 each way bet for him at $9. He was an $8 equal favourite when the market went up last night, but just eases out this morning, $8.50. So equal second pick now. Well, he, he won the Cox Plate, and that's, that's good enough in itself. Um, uh, James Winks has commented, and he's ridden the horse at Werribee, how he's got such a, a powerful lung capacity. So that's a, a great advertisement for a 3,200-metre race. But one run in four months, uh, some will say, has he got the, the miles and the legs for, for, for a Melbourne Cup? And I think you can also make a case, if you're, you're looking at, at negatives, he, he's probably better on ground with given it rather than a firm track. And... Let's look back at uh, Cox Plate Melbourne Cup winners in recent times. Saintly? Last three to run have won, won and run third. Saintly, Maccabi Diva and So You Think was third. So no knock on it as a Cox Plate winner. Um, the firm ground, the derby last year was firm ground. He was beaten only a half length behind Anthony Van Dyke. He meets him three kilos better for that, having won a Cox Plate subsequently. Um... The thing about him, that betting move in the Cox Plate, I was taken really by surprise. Mm. That, that was absolutely hammered. So that showed how well he's obviously going here in Australia. A lot of the time with these imports, you see them go better at their second start out here as well. So many times over the years we've seen that as the case. I just I can't see any fault with this horse whatsoever. I just think he presents a beautiful profile going into the race. Well, you've got me. I, I had him there. I'm just going to elevate a bit. I'm going to put him on the win line. Number five, Sir Dragon A, one of the horses I think can win the Melbourne Cup. Let's go to Twilight Payment, uh, number six for O'Brien. Jai McNeil rides from a middle row barrier, barrier 12. Uh, what's the market doing with Twilight Payment? It's not doing anything at the moment, $34. It's been there around about that mark for all several weeks now. We haven't seen any support for it. So one of those ones that we haven't seen, I think you might be able to do a little bit better come Tuesday. Fair enough, Nathan. Twilight payment? He led them up last year. This is the eight-year-old. The other one was is only six, the master of uh, reality. But um, as we said, he's going well this year, but he, he wasn't good enough last year. And as I said, stronger race this time around. I'm happy to pass. Yeah, I think that uh, he had the opportunity last year and uh, I've put him into the, the no category as far as top four considerations. Well, we're talking about this race being a race of depth, a deep race, and here's one that's going to have a lot of uh, followers. Uh, number seven, very elegant, Mark Zara riding for Chris Waller, and uh, she has had a stellar spring campaign, Jared. She certainly has. Uh, we had her at $11 to win the Melbourne Cup after she... 
uh, or Hugh Kewley in performance to win the Caulfield Cup. I guess that's the issue with her. The only the other thing too, uh, boys, is a lot of talk about the weight that she's got to carry and the record she has to to break. So she's been a drifter and not as popular as you would think. Eleven out to thirteen. Well, the, the form is certainly there. You can't can't ignore the form. She's got to go to thirty two hundred meters, and the weight factor is there. I've got her in as a rough place. I, uh, that's on my third line. My lines are basically win, place, rough place and no. Uh, I just think that 3,200 metres with a weight could be testing but it does show you the depth of the race that, that I'm, you know, marking her down and her form this, this campaign is impeccable. It certainly is. Um, yeah, you've got to take an opinion and my opinion is that a mare with that sort of weight, you know, Maccabi Diva did it but it's a, such a difficult task and the other thing, is she too hard going to get 3,200 metres, David? Like mm. she's, she's not like she races generously. She pulled and tugged away around Caulfield and still too good. But 3,200 metres, I'm thinking, just might find her out. Number eight is Mustajia for Chris Lees. Michael Rod Wright from a good barrier, barrier two, coming off a midfield finish in the Caulfield Cup, Jared. Yeah, one of the outsiders uh, and already drifted out from that price after the barrier draw. Good barrier draw, barrier two, but 51 out to 81. $81, Mustajia. Any rough, rough hope? No, I'd prefer some others at longer odds over Mr G. Wasn't a bad run in the Caulfield Cup, but uh, one would think that he doesn't have the form to win a Melbourne Cup. Let's, we're a third of the way through. Let's go to number nine, Stratum Albion for Willie Mullins. Jordan Childs rides, runs from Barrier 9. Well, Willie Mullins has got form in this race, uh, having beaten... a narrowly a few times and holds its place in the market at $41. No big support, but I think it'll be one of those imports that command some sort of respect uh, before Tuesday's race. The reports I've got that well, he's won six from 29, that he's one of those real powerful, you know, long-distance stayers and often they're not suited to the tempo of the Melbourne Cup. So I'm going to say no for him and probably half because I don't know him either. What about yourself? Yeah, one of only two horses in the race that we haven't seen race in Australia. Um, yeah, the hurdle form, it, it came to the full a few years ago. We, we saw it. it stacks up OK, and his last run on the, the flat was OK as well, but I just think this is a higher-class race. Dashing Willoughby is uh, TAB number 10 for Andrew Balding. Michael Walker rides, comes off a wide gate, barrier 19, and... Uh, we saw him here in the Caulfield Cup, but he failed to pass a horse. Yeah, he did. He's an interesting runner because when the markets went up uh, after the official nomination, so we're, we're talking uh, three, two, three months ago, he was up right up the top of the betting at $26. Uh, that failure in the Caulfield Cup saw him get out to 101. Did put him up at 151 after the barrier draw. He's drawn out already into 101 this morning. But as I explained earlier, uh, these outsiders in the Cup always attract a, t a stack of support. He was the first mover inwards. Okay, he provides a little line on Stratum Albion, having finished fourth in that Lonsdale Cup with Stratum Albion in its second. I thought he would, his form looked OK for a Caulfield Cup, but he was dismal. The market wanted nothing to do with him, and um, it's impossible to see how he could turn that around. Yeah, he just haven't went over cross-counter earlier in the year, but mm. it is hard to ignore what you see in the, in the Caulfield Cup, so he's a no from me. Number 11 is Finch for Chris Waller. James McDonald rides, comes up with a good barrier, barrier six, a horse who's generally about the place in these sort of races, and his most recent run was in the Caulfield Cup when he had a wide run and he ran fifth, Jared. 
Yeah, he ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't he, David? And he's been well to the fore in this market ever since it was first issued. He did open at $26 overnight, one bet of 4000 each way at the $15. That's the price he was after the Barry draw, and that's what price he still is this morning. We've been mentioning about him that uh, he always seems to have ordinary runs in transit off, off, mm. off bad barriers. He races wide and he boxes on. Well, he's the sort of horse that gets you in next time because he ran so well, but... He's had two goes at this race, and I thought last year he had his chance. And I don't think Finch is any better this year than he was last year. I'd have to say, very rough place. I'm I'm with you there. Like Certainly no luck his last two runs, and he's been brave, but he just lacks that killer punch, doesn't he? And, um, yeah, I don't think you could say he's going better now than what he was last year. So um, I think $15 looks pretty skinny. Number 12 is Prince of Aaron. Jamie Carr rides, and they've come up with Barrier 1 for Charlie Fellows, and... A horse that is, whilst he's uh, an overseas horse, he's well known to Australians because we've seen him here several times now. And Jared, I'd imagine that he would be quite well in the market. He certainly is. He was another one of those ones that was at the top of proceedings when the original market went up. Uh, he's been here. He hasn't He hasn't won one yet, but he hasn't been far away. And it was a terrific run at Caulfield. Subsequent to that Caulfield Cup run, we put him up at 17 to win the Melbourne Cup and he quickly got into $11. Uh, Post-barrier draw... $10, still $10 this morning. So from barrier one, uh, and given his form, I don't know whether you're going to do a whole lot better than the $10, but well and truly in the market. Interested in your thoughts here, Nathan. He's the sort of horse that if a putter backs him, I'm sure they're going to get a very good run for their money. Yes. I must say I'm a bit shocked hearing $10. I thought he'd be twice that. Um, I expect him to run well. He's the new Red Cadeau, isn't he? Mm. he runs well and he improves at his second start in Australia and he's, he's come off the plane in, in good shape again. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure he races well, but I think that others are classier and at $10 I have to pass. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I think he's got a, a winning chance in this year's Melbourne Cup uh, with Jamie Carr on the one gate. The run in the Caulfield Cup was not just a good run, it was an outstanding run and sectionally he was the best late in the race. Uh, I suppose he's had two goes at it, like I'm, I'm knocking Finch on, on one hand and here I'm wrapping Prince of Aaron, and he is eight years of age, but I just see him getting that soft run. I'm sure he'll, he'll be competitive. I've got him in a winning position. Prince of Aaron, as we move to Surprise Baby, number 13, Craig Williams riding for Paul Prushka. Coming off a ninth in the Turnbull, which is a month ago, but uh, certainly a better run than numerically it looked because it was a slowly run affair in a sprint home, and he was he was working to the line impressively, but Jared, another horse who I imagine will have a lot of followers on Tuesday. It has. Well, we don't see surprise baby at the races very often, but when we do, <laughs> it's always a good performance. It was one of the the favourites at twenty six dollars when the market went up uh, the day after last year's cup, and here we are, twelve months down the track, nine dollars and very very popular surprise baby at that price. Yeah, I've, I've got it as a winning chance of the Melbourne Cup. It, it, there's there's a touch of the freakish about this horse, the way uh, Paul Prushka trains it, uh, uh, rather unconventionally. But every time we see Surprise Baby, it always puts in. And I think this could win the Melbourne Cup quite easily. Um, I suppose the only difference is this year, rather than going from the Bart Cummings to the Melbourne Cup, mm. 2,500 to 3,200, this year it's 2,000 metres of the Turnbull to the 3,200 and a month between runs. So I was about to say, not your conventional... Uh, cup preparation, but nothing is conventional about this horse, so I'm giving it a winning chance, number 13, surprise baby. Yeah, well, he did only have the two lead-up runs last year in the Cup, but he was off a, a shorter break than the 
the 11 months he had or 10 months he had this time around. Um, yeah, he ran terrifically well last year. Uh, Again, I'm repeating myself, David. I just think it's a stronger race this year. He's probably about the same level as he was last year, and I'm, I'm thinking others can um, go to a higher level on Tuesday. Number 14 is King of Lear Grants for Danny O'Brien, and Damien Lane is riding and uh, coming off a third in the Geelong Cup, Jared. Did it win the Adelaide Cup? I think it, it, did. it, it did. Sure did. Yeah, it did. Uh, and at that stage, it was only uh, a $26 uh, dollar pop to win the Melbourne Cup. 34 out to 51 post barrier draw, uh, having drawn out in barrier 18, but uh, it was quite a good run last start. It certainly was, and I think the Adelaide Cup is, is the reference that, that I'm going here in assessing the King of Lee Grants, but like, again, again, I've jumped out of the queue here. That's all right. It's an even number, it's you. That's all right. Any hope? Uh, I think is one that I would be including in, in multiples. Sub-Zero, the last Adelaide Cup winner before him, Justin Ash in 1981, then back to Rain Lover before that. Um, I thought he was encouraging enough at Geelong and um, given his 3,200 metre form, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he runs a race. He's drawn out King of Lear Grants and uh, he's, uh, I think, going to get a fair way back. But I think the Adelaide Cup, as I was saying, is the form reference. Yes, he won easily, but that was a, you know, a 10 length, uh, yep. maybe 50 length inferior field of this. So I'm going to say no for him in any form of uh, betting. King of Lear Grants, number 14. Russian Camelot, number 15. Another O'Brien runner, Danny O'Brien runner, Damien Oliver rides. Um, forms there for all to see. Mr. Check once in nine career starts. Uh, a precocious talent coming off a third of the Cox Plate, Jared. It was a $26 chance to win the Cup prior to the SA Derby, which he won so comprehensively, and he got into $11 after that. He actually got as short as $8 at one stage to win the Melbourne Cup. So he is getting out. He's $13 now. Did note one early bet this morning, 4000 at the $13. Well, of course, um, as we said, we, we saw that win in the SA Derby um, during the autumn. It was... Um Quite incredible at that stage of his career. Uh, this breed, Camelots, they seem to get better as they get further. So he's to 3,200 metres. So there's no problems there. Um, 53 and a half, is he that well weighted? Just comparing to, say, Cross Cannon, Reed Kindley, maybe not so. I've got him as a place chance. I don't think he can win the Melbourne Cup, but I think he's he's got a top four, top five chance. What do you think? Um, I think he can bounce back. Um He's got a touch of the Jeunes about him. This horse, people dropped off Jeune after he won the Underwood, was shot to the top of markets. Uh, he's run well in the the Cox Plate. Obviously, Sir Dragonay was more visually impressive, but he showed in the the South Australian Derby that he's a genuine stayer. The way he won that race, we've seen the likes of Fiorante, efficient Green Moon, come through Cox Plate defeats and win the Melbourne Cup in the last decade and a bit. Oh, I, th I think he races well. This horse. Okay, you're giving him a chance. Number fifteen, Russian Camelot. Let's go to Steel Prince, number 16. Willie Pike riding. He's got a big following. Barrier, not pretty, 21 for Anthony and Sam Freeman. He was confidently backed and he got the money in the Geelong Cup, Jared. Yeah, he was a big go at Geelong, David. I think he was something like 8 or $9 into three fifty. And Willie Pike aboard, you're quite right about his popularity. And he's been a significant mover overnight. Now, we did have 51 after the barrier draw. He's into 34 this morning. Okay, $34 Steel Prince. Yeah, it's three Geelong Cup winners since 2002 have, have won the race and others have raced very well as well. A good judge I spoke to yesterday was giving this horse a big chance and we saw that Geelong Cup form stack up in the, the uh, Lexus yesterday. So um, 
No, I think he's definitely a horse I'd be including in my multiples. I agree with you. Um, the Geelong Cup win was good, but let's not forget the Bart Cummings run was good. Mm. Two, two runs before the, the previous start before that went third. So I know he's got a sticky gate, but he's got a great jockey. And, of course, he raced in this race last year. Whether he can win, I don't think so. But I think he can he can sneak into to a place of good odds. So I'm not discounting him number 16, Steel Prince. We move on to 17, The Chosen One, for Murray Baker and Andrew Forsman. Daniel Stackhouse riding. A Caulfield Cup third is his most recent run. Yeah, it was quite a good run at Caulfield, and we did see a sprinkling of interest in him to win the Melbourne Cup after uh, that placing in the Caulfield Cup at 51. That's what price he was post-barrier draw yesterday, but another one of those outsiders that shortened up a little bit this morning, 51 into the current quote of 41. I'm going to say no for the chosen one. The Caulfield Cup run was good. I doubt he could beat very elegant Anthony Van Dyke home, and he was also placed in the Sydney Cup earlier in the year, but... As we've been saying uh, repeatedly, uh, this is a cup of very, very good depth and I don't think he's quite up to them. No, terrific effort at Caulfield. But, um, I mean, he was 17th in this last year. Um, I'm happy to pass on him. Ashran secured a berth in the cup by winning the Hotham yesterday. Now, how's the market reacted to that, Jared? Well, uh not, not in a positive way, uh, and, and part of that might well be having drawn barrier 24, which is going to make it all the more difficult. But if he comes out like he did yesterday, it won't really matter. Well, it'll be last by himself. But uh, those imports on the quick backup punters tend to keep away from him, and that's been the case here. He was 15 after that run yesterday, after that win, and uh, a fairly decent move out to $21 now. Okay, well, he'll run from the outside gate, barrier 24. It was there for all to see yesterday in the Hotham, winning a, a grinding effort to, mm. to run down a field that is, is nowhere near this race. Yeah, first of all, I'd discount barrier 24. I think it's kind of irrelevant. Three of the past eight of those winners have finished top four in the Melbourne Cup, the, the Lexus winners. Uh, Prince of Aaron, the import, was able to finish third, backing up a couple of days later. A couple of the other imports disappointed, but he carried 61 kilos, which is a feat in itself. He was so strong to the line, I, I think he has to run a race again. So uh, I'd be having him on side in multiples, David. I agree. I just think the 3,200 metres will be great for him and that uh, significant weight drop from the 61 of the, the Hotham to uh, what he'll carry, a 53 in the Cup. Uh, and he's relatively lightly raced. It'll about to be his 14th start on Tuesday. So I'm not discounting Ash Run. Number 19 is Warning, the Victoria Derby winner of last year. Here he is in the Melbourne Cup for Anthony and Sam Freeman. Luke Curry is riding. He was worse than midfield in the Caulfield Cup, Jared. He's always thereabouts, but uh, hasn't really been able to secure a big win following last year's derby, as you pointed out there, David. And he's been a, a, a small drifter overnight, 34 after the barrier draw, 41 this morning. Mentioned he won the, the derby, but um, I think he would need to improve on that Caulfield Cup run to be a, a consideration. Yeah, one Victoria Derby winner has won this race the following year since Farlap. That's efficient, and um, I don't think he's any efficient, so no for me. Number 20 is Etta James, another runner for Mar and Eustace. Billy Egan riding off a wide gate, barrier 22. It comes out of the Mini Valley Cup race, ran fourth to Miami Bound. Was uh, the $151 equal outsider when the market went up post barrier draw and another one who has shortened up somewhat, 151 now into 101. Oh, that's about right. You can tack on 
probably a zero to that. One Sydney Cup winner since Carbine, David, has won the Melbourne Cup in the same calendar year. Yes, a no from me. Now, number 21 is going to create a lot of interest, a lot of, well, has created a lot of discussion. Tiger Moth, uh, Karen McAvoy riding with a great record in this race for Aidan O'Brien. He'll be having only his fifth start in the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday, and that's something in itself, Jared. Look, it is, uh, but that stable know what's required. Uh, more importantly, so does Karen McAvoy. He's got a fabulous record. I know Tiger Moth's drawn out in 23. I see a lot of people saying last night, oh, you know, the big field won't suit or whatever, but they know what to do. $8 equal favourite yesterday. Not surprisingly, just out a little bit because most of the people betting on the Cup on Tuesday really don't know this horse, but out to 8.50 this morning. I've got to consider him a winning chance, and that's on on uh, reputation and, and I suppose hearsay and talk. Uh, you know, great reports out of Werribee about him, and just in isolation, that form that he he was he was just beaten in the Irish Derby, and then he won that that Group Three race very impressively. And, and, and as Jared just said, they know what they're doing. I couldn't back myself Tiger Moth to win, but I've certainly got the highest of respect, and that's why I do have him on the win line. What about you? Um, definitely winning chance. It never ceases to amaze me how the market continues to react to a Melbourne Cup barrier draw. And just, <laughs> they win from any gate in this race. It's kind of irrelevant. Mm. I don't think it is. Well, I'll look at those stats. I think it. it. Sorry, Jared. I think it is. I think it is. Um, normally, when you've got a handful of the overseas riders, but we haven't got that this year. They're, they're predominantly local riders. That makes a big difference. Good point. Well, he's gone from $6 to $8 or $9 off the back of that. Karen McAvoy's three winners are all, all drew off the track. So it's just a matter of whether he's seasoned enough and how he's settled in, and the market will probably tell you that. But you know, Greg Carpenter saw fit to penalise him two and a half kilos for that uh, that latest win where he just just demolished older horses, and including Buckos, who'd been going OK up to that point over there. I think he's, for mine, he's the danger to Sir Dragonet. Uh, just creates so much interest in this race and he's, he's completely untapped. 22 is Ocean X. Dean Yendel riding for Mick Price and Michael Kent coming out of the Mooney Valley Cup. Ran third there, won the Ramsden earlier in the year. Yeah, it's had a few um, injury concerns over the last week or two, but it looks like uh, they've been rectified, but it's still one of the outsiders here. 67 out to 71 this morning. Anything from you? Oh, she went, she went OK in the Mooney Valley Cup, but um, this is a bit different to that. Yeah, I agree. I uh, have a no against her. We've been talking about the Mooney Valley Couple. The winner of it was Miami Bound. Uh, another runner for Danny O'Brien. What a, a great uh, feat to have uh, multiple entries in this race. Daniel Moore rides. What's happening with the market there, Jared? And, of course, won the Oaks last year. Uh, it's been pretty solid in the market at $34 uh, ever since the barrier draw last night. Uh, it's drawn in the middle of the field. And O'Brien, as we know, trained the cup winner last year. He's four entries, you're right. Wonderful performance to have four runners in the field, but pretty solid in the market there at $34. I think she needs it wet, and I don't think she's up to this race. Um, yeah, maybe it was just a one-off spike the other day as well, but I know there'll be some ratings people who, who, who find her at the odds because it was through the roof, that race. She put a margin on them there. Um, but I'd got reservations on her repeating that type of performance. And right down the line, number 24, Persan, who's been up for a long time but just keeps on keeping on, just keeps putting in for Mara Eustace. Again, another stable with multiple entries. Michael D rides and coming off the win in the Bart Cummings a month ago, Jared. 
This is an interesting one because it doesn't have the profile in the media that uh, some of these other runners have. Now, $51 last night, got into 41 and is now into 34 this morning. That tells... I haven't had a look at any of the bets or, or whatever, but that tells me that some of the professionals have launched into it. So it might be a realistic hope there at $34. Nathan? Yeah, I, keep, I must confess I keep underestimating this horse, but... Um, and the form, the form from the Bart Cummings is stacked up okay through Sound and Steel Prince, shared ambition, but um, I think this one's going to find him out on Tuesday. These are the 24 runners. What Tab Fixter's doing with it, where the money's gone. Now it's time to uh, sum up and give our top four selections and anything else we want to do. Jared, what are your top four in the, in the Melbourne Cup? Well, I was pretty keen on Anthony Van Dyke until you basically put the knife through my heart um, <laughs> when we started off so with I'll him be, earlier. I'll be but... blamed if... Is there anything else I don't get blamed for? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to stick with him, although I'm not really one for backing favourites in cups, but I think he's the one to beat. Uh, so my numbers are 1 from 12, Prince of Aaron, 11, Finch, and I've got a sneaking suspicion that uh, that person might go okay, so I'm going to throw it in as a roughie there. So 1... Uh, 12, 11, and 24. 1, 12, 11, and 24 are Jared's top four. Is there a mad roughie there that you might want to throw out? Well, I suppose Per Sand's a mad roughie, isn't it? Per, per Sand's a roughie, but um, oh, Per Sand may be still Prince, but it, it, everywhere you look, I mean, there's a reason why you can back all of these and probably a reason why you can't. It's a, it's the toughest cup I've ever seen. Nathan? Uh, so Dragon A, Tiger Moth, Russian Camelot, Anthony Van Dyke, and the one at odds that I think's a winning hope is Ashrun. Can we get some numbers there, please? Oh, sorry, David. Uh, <laughs> that would be 5, yes. 21, yes. 15, yes. 1, yep. and Ashrun is 18. So 5, 21, 15, and 1, outside hope to 18. I'm selecting... Here we go. This is the 3 o'clock... You were up to 3 o'clock doing I, the four. I, I couldn't... I've had three, two hours sleep. Number 12, Prince of Aaron, to win the Melbourne Goodness. Cup. From 13, Surprise Baby, 21, Tiger Moth, and number one, number 5, Sir Dragon A. So 12, 13, 21, and 5. And on the next line, if you're going wider in trifectas, exactors, Cordellas, first fours, include 1, Anthony Van Dyke, a very elegant number 7, and Steel Prince, which is 16. number 16. Oh, and 15 Russian Camelot, 15 and 16. Might have been quicker for you to tell us which ones you didn't want in there. Which ones yeah, can't I think, I think I've confused myself now, but, um, I'll, but my top four again, just... <laughs> I hope you've been listening over the last half hour or so because you've written them down, but my top four, 12 Prince of Aaron, 13 Surprise Baby, Tiger Moth, which is number 21, and number five, Sir Dragon A. Jared, thanks for your time this morning. Appreciate the input and um, busy few days for you. And uh, we'll be watching those uh, those pools click up over the next forty eight hours or so. Yes, uh, thanks, David. We've got a big coverage in the next couple of days. I know most of uh, tomorrow uh, morning after the Brecky Show will be dedicated to the Cup and and quite clearly from Tuesday the same from seven a.m. onwards. It's a very early start, but we'll have all of the major players, all of the betting moves, and any other little tidbits that we think might be useful along the way. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time this morning, Nathan. Thank you for your time this morning. Thanks, David. It's the best week of the year, and um, looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds. What's your cup day plans? 
You'll be at Doombin? I will be at Doombin this year, yes. I'll be there as well. And uh, I look forward, if anyone's going to Galloper's Sports Club today, the Calcutta's on this afternoon from 2 o'clock, so join us there and uh, we'll have a good afternoon. But, folks, thanks for your company this morning. Hope we've provided some insight and hopefully you can back the Melbourne Cup winner this Tuesday. Bye-bye now.